we're going through these evenings what's called the Apostles' Creed. Uh, this was a, simply a summation that the, the early church put together very, very quickly, probably uh, in around the 50s, 60s, or 70s AD. So very, very early. And as the church put it together, what they wanted to do was to capture in summation what did the apostles teach about what they had heard directly from the Lord Jesus. So the early church didn't want to lose that in any way because they recognized that the gospel is a hope that defines everything, that gives hope to everyone, that speaks into every situation, and it speaks into our day as well. J.I. Packer very helpfully put in one situation or one place, he put uh, this. He says that when we're saying the Apostles' Creed, he says, when it is called God, when it calls God our maker of heaven and earth, it parts company with Hinduism and Eastern faiths generally. It just parts it because it says there's a creator and everything else is creation. And now by calling Jesus Christ God's only son, it parts company with Judaism and Islam and stands quite alone And this claim for Jesus is both the touchstone of Christianity and the ingredient that makes it unique. So tonight, just very briefly, I want to look at the next line uh, that's there in the Apostles' Creed. And that is, and I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. I wonder if you'll say that with me. I believe in Jesus Christ... His only Son, our Lord. You know, those simple words that we say there is, I believe in Jesus Christ. They're just two words, but they change everything. And they mean that for every one of us tonight, there is hope for you. I don't care what your situation is, there is hope for you. That's what those two words mean. It's very simple when it starts off and it says, I believe in Jesus. That was the name given to the human boy born to the Virgin Mary. A boy who was completely human in every instance, just like you and I. No difference between you and I. Flesh and bones. And when we say that, what we're saying is that When we talk about Jesus, we are talking about someone who came to the ultimate identity to identify with each and every one of us. He became a man. Now, it's amazing even when you think of the name Jesus, which simply means God saves. Someone this week was reminding me of the name that uh, Hosea, it was under the direction of God, so it wasn't a parent's bad choice, Gave to his children. And his first child he named Jezreel, which means sowing judgment. And his second child he called Lo Ruhamah, which means no mercy. Now, I think what's striking about those names is that if you think about it, when God stepped into the world, he could have given himself one of those names and been absolutely right. But rather than that, when God steps into the world, he gives his name, God saves And he says, look, that's why I'm coming into this world. And then you add to that Christ. I believe in Jesus Christ. Now, I know you know this, but let me just say it. It's not a surname. (laughs) It's actually a history-transforming, shifting 
title. It comes from all the Old Testament, and essentially it means the anointed one. Now, the anointed one, if you go back to the Old Testament, the anointed one is simply God's agent for defeating all evil, for bringing justice in all time and history and all geographical locations to judgment, to bring unshakable salvation to sinners who are saved by grace, and to bring each and every one of those sinners to a new heaven and new earth. That's all caught up in that one word, Christ. Here is God's agent to change everything. And that in Jesus, when he came into the world, that's the Christ. He's the ultimate prophet, the one who speaks from God. He's the ultimate priest, the one who ultimately in every way brings the reality and the mercy and the grace of God to an individual. And he's the ultimate king. He's the one who reigns. So he's all in one man. Jesus is the ultimate agent. And look, together what that means to you and I is this. Jesus has everything we need. Jesus has everything you need. Jesus is the one who brings God's truth and reveals God to each and every one of us. Jesus is the one who secures reconciliation for every single one of us who comes to him. And Jesus is the one who, for everyone who comes to him, is alongside you to guide you and to bring you to that ultimate destination before the Father one day at the last day. Jesus is the ultimate one who brings everything to us. And he's also God's only son. He says his only son. Now, that means a couple of things. Let me just very quickly bring it to you. First of all, it means that Jesus is the second person of the Trinity. And by that, what we're saying is that Jesus is fully God as if he were not a man. Just as he is fully man as if he were not God. He's unique completely in who he is. John chapter 1 verse 14. The word creator became a man. And that's who we're talking about when we talk about Jesus. He's God's only son. Now, the later creed, they would be a little bit more refined in techie. And they would want to add to it a little phrase, God's only begotten son. And what they meant by that is something very simple. That, that when we talk about Jesus, he isn't made. He was never made. There was never a time he wasn't. He's eternal as God the Father. But in that relationship of eternity, he's always been in a relationship of the Son to the Father, to God the Father. So he's eternally begotten. Now you might say, okay, Michael, that's wonderful, but why in the world do I care? (laughs) Well, it's because he has always been eternally the Son of God. It means that you and I can become sons and daughters. That when we put our trust in him, we become adopted into that same family relationship through him. So that that you and I are not simply those who, who know God, but we're his children. And when you and I come in repentance and put our trust in Christ, we're adopted into his family. And then it ends there that he's also our Lord. Very simply, it means Jesus has exactly the same authority that God the Father does. Okay, that's simply what it means. Now, I think that's really helpful because, you know, when you come to know Jesus and you get really close to Jesus and uh, you, you, you get growing a relationship, you have a reality of a sense sometimes of almost knowing his presence is with you. 
When we do that, we must never forget that he's also God. And that his words carry the same authority as if you were standing at the bottom of Mount Sinai when God was up at the top to his people giving the Ten Commandments. It's no different. The same authority. And he's our Lord as well as our gracious Savior. So Jesus is our gentle Savior. God taking human flesh, the Lord of all eternity and the universe, who calls you and I to draw near to him in close fellowship.